All right, how's it going, everybody? Aria Masudi and Brett Nevitt back here. You are listening to Sunday Golds, and uh, this is our second episode of this week. It'll be a preview of the Samford series for Florida State. That'll be uh, this coming weekend. Uh, we'll also break down uh, Florida State's first loss of the year at the hands of the Jacksonville Dolphins on Tuesday night uh, over in Jacksonville. Uh, and then we'll get you some uh, national and ACC bigger picture uh, storylines and scores. Uh, I know that was something we talked about doing in our first episode that ran a, a little bit long uh, earlier this week. But uh, Brett, we're recording this as Florida State's practicing here on a Thursday afternoon, and they're right below us. We're up here at Hauser's Press Box, and I want to thank the program for allowing us to use this space. But um, I guess before we talk about Samford, uh, the Seminoles, they suffered their first loss of the season, 3-2. to two. Both of us were able to attend that game uh, over in 9:04 in Duval. So um, your thoughts overall before we break it down uh, a little bit further, uh, the Noles pick up their first L of the year. Yeah, I just thought it's baseball. Um, I know a lot of people were pretty put back by the loss and just the way it happened and – um, you know, a lot of Twitter noise and stuff like that, um, but it's early in the season. I mean, it's February, um, and it's a road game, your first road game of the season. Those things happen. Um, I honestly came out of that game with, with more positives on my mind than negatives. Um, I thought a lot of good things happened. I didn't think Florida State played awful. Um, didn't play good enough to win, but it wasn't, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't worst game in the world. Um, I thought they got outside of themselves in the approach. I thought a little bit that it had to do with being on the road for the first time and, you know, not really having scouting reports on guys that are new and just, you know, guys that nobody's really familiar with over at JU. I mean, they, I think they have 22 new faces over there and a bunch of new guys that, you know, it's hard to get a scouting report on those type of teams early in the season. Um, but I thought there were a lot of good things. I mean, I thought Trey and Rank played as good as you can play at second base. Um, I thought Carson Montgomery was very good. I thought some of the bullpen arms were very good. Um, so overall, I just thought it was – it's just one of those midweek games, and Ju just seems to have their number recently, and it is what it is. And I mean, three and one, you, it doesn't take away from the sweep opening weekend. I don't think it takes away um, from what we think of this team overall. Yeah, Jacksonville's now beaten Florida State four of the last five times that these two programs have met, and it just feels like the the Dolphins always come in and uh, they play the game at a, a really high level uh, against the Noles, and that's just you know that's going to be their. You know, people use that cliche, it's their Super Bowl, but, I mean, it is. It's it's a big deal, and you had a sold-out crowd over at John Sessions Stadium. I mean, you had fifteen or 1,600 fans and outs, and I think 90% were Seminole fans. Um, so I think the, the Jay, you took it personally, you know, and, and that's just something that you're going to have when you – when you have these midweek games is teams are going to come against you and it's some of the best opponents. Maybe you are the best opponent that they'll get to face all year long. So they take it a little bit more seriously and uh, give JU credit. I thought they, they made the plays to win the game. Um, and it's funny. I looked down onto the field below us and uh, Florida state was getting some instruction from Mike Martin jr. On base running. And uh, he was talking to the guy that they're situationally putting at third base right now. And that's something we're going to talk about that happened in this game because the ninth inning Florida State did have a chance um, to win the game and uh, Jacksonville was struggling. I mean, Jacksonville wasn't fielding the ball cleanly. They had an error out in left field um, and then an error at shortstop uh, and Florida State had first and third and, and you had one out and then uh, you had the, uh, the ill-timed base running mistake by Jaime Ferrer. Yeah. Um, you know, FSU tries to put a safety squeeze on there. Um, 
Isaiah Perry pinch hits. Um, actually does his job well. Um, pulls back the, the the bat on a slider low and away. Um, Jaime gets a little too far off the base and gets into the rundown. At least they get the runner over to third, but doesn't end up mattering as they fly out to end the game. But, you know, I know a lot of people were pretty curious on the decision to even go for the squeeze bunt there. Um, you know, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, I just thought early in the season maybe you, you just see what your guys can do in that situation. But after last year, <coughs> I can totally understand it. Um, because, you know, last year they didn't show that they could do it, do stuff in those situations, put the ball in play, and make little things happen and, and do what they needed to do and, you know, either not strike out or stay on with a double play. But, um, so, you know, I think that's why they went with the safety squeeze there, just trying to manufacture that run because that's, you know, they had to try to manufacture runs last year because they couldn't really actually do it with the bats. Um, you know, if you execute it, you look like a genius. You don't execute it, you look like what happened. And, um, I thought that was a tough spot for a freshman there on, on, on Jaime running the bases. But, you know, Jaime's not in that situation if he doesn't rip a double down a left field line and, um, you know, has had a couple of base running mistakes early in his career. But I think, you know, that's only going to make him better. Um, and losing to JU in February isn't going to kill you. Um, but that kid's going to make you a lot better this whole season and, and you know, his whole career here at Florida State. Um, yeah, and it just, you know, they're working on it right now. They're working on base running and signs and everything. Uh, I don't think it's a thing that will be, you know, all the way throughout the year. It's been rough early in the year with the base running, but I think they'll hammer away at it in practice and, you know, just try to get more comfortable with the live reps and, and try to get more comfortable in games. But um, it is what it is. Yeah, I would say, like, coming out of that first weekend, Brett, it was – I think that was one of my concerns was base running just because they had made a lot of mistakes um, on, the on the paths – excuse me, on the base paths. And uh, I know Roberts had gotten uh, picked off a couple times. Uh, Logan Lacey had made a mistake where he missed the third base bag and had to go back. And there were just a couple of moments where you were like, all right, in a weekend where a lot of things went well, that was one of the things you wanted to see them work more and more on and kind of clean up. And then Tuesday, uh, it just was kind of an extension. It felt like, um, and it burned them because they weren't ahead, you know, 10 to two. They were in a tight game where you had to make the right plays. And I felt like Jacksonville was ready to kind of crumble there in the top of the ninth. And, and Florida State just didn't take the game um, when it was presented to them. But it is baseball. Like, you play 56 games for a reason. You're going to play Jacksonville again. I think you might even play them two more times. I'm not 100% sure if they're playing them three times this year or if they're just doing it twice. But, um, yeah, it's a midweek game against an opponent, an in-state opponent. Brett's holding up the three. So I think, what, two more in tally now? Yeah. Is that a back-to-back -back or just separate dates? Separate dates. Okay, yeah. So you're going to see the Dolphins again. So um, it happens. It's a tough loss. You got to get – let's get the loss out of the way because this team wasn't going undefeated. Um, and I can point to uh, some different scores, if you'd like, around the country uh, from this midweek. And Arizona lost to Grand Canyon. Georgia Tech lost to Georgia Southern. Uh, Louisiana Tech beat LSU, who was riding high after a series sweep that they had. Um, and I can even point to the weekend, and we can talk about Liberty beating Florida twice uh, in a series, which is far more damaging than a, a single midweek game. So there were upsets all weekend long, and, and it goes to show you, but Brett, that there is some really good college baseball, I think, being played uh, all around the country. Yeah, and I mean, especially <clears throat> I think in Florida as well, and this Southeast area in general. Um, especially with transfer portals. I mean, guys leave Miami and they'll go play at Jacksonville like Raymond Gill. I mean, I thought he hit every ball hard against Florida State. And, I mean, that's an ACC-level guy playing at Jacksonville. 
you only can imagine what he's going to do in their conference this year. Um, you know, I think JU is mostly transfers this year and guys they have. Um, but I just wanted to hit on a couple, just a couple more things real quick on the JU game. Um, it was not a good hitting effort, but I also don't think you'll see a game the rest of the year where Logan Lacey, Alex Terrell, and Brett Roberts combined to go 0 for 11 with, with uh, I think, seven strikeouts they had. Um, that will probably be the worst game those guys have combined all year, I think. That's not something that's going to happen multiple times a year. You know what you have in Logan Lacey. Brett Roberts and Alex Terrell are going to hit. Um, it just happens. It just all came together one day. They didn't hit. Um, and that's just baseball. Some days it doesn't go your way. Um, and then going back to Carson, I thought Carson was very good. I know some people were upset with his last inning and the hit by pitch and then, you know, giving up a double. Um, but he was efficient. He was in the strike zone. Only two free passes, was, was pitching to contact, um, was working mostly two-seam fastball cutter, it seemed to me, and I was working for him. Um, he's always had the cutter, but he's made changes to the cutters. Well, he's always had the cutter since last year. That was an addition last year. This year, they've made changes to it, make it a little slower, give it a little more a little more horizontal break, which has really helped him out. Um, so I thought he was very good. And then I thought <clears throat> White, Correll, Dylan Simmons, and Andrew Armstrong were all very good out of the pen. Um, so those were all positive signs, I thought, coming out of that. Yeah, you know, you both of us, I think, before the game started, joked we could totally see a loss. Like, it wouldn't. you said it wouldn't surprise me. And it's just it, that's how these midweeks go sometimes on the road. Um, there are some other trap moments for this, for this FSU team coming up, I think. Obviously, when you play Florida, right, like you're going to be amped up to play that game no matter where it is, whether it's in Gainesville and Jacksonville. But you're going to go on the road to Mercer. You're going to go play at Stetson at some point this season. Um, there's going to be a couple of times where you're going to have to get up for these games. Um, and I'm not saying that FSU didn't have the energy required to win that game. I just don't think that they they didn't have the execution that they necessarily needed. But I, I do want to shout out the freshmen, a couple of the guys in the lineup. Uh, Jaime Ferrer, again, two hits. Like, like you said, Brett, he, he continues to show you uh, plus ability with the barrel. Uh, James Tibbs uh, reached base a couple times, had a nice hit, uh, scorching line drive. And um, we got to talk to both of them earlier today uh, down on the field as they were doing their media interviews. And, uh, dude, Tibbs is, Tibbs is impressive. Like, not just with media, but – He's talking about I want to go oppo feel you know I want to go oppo and stay middle away like the Albert Pujols and Joey Vados of the world and I'm like that's really cool to hear a young player kind of allude to major leaguers um, and Jaime Ferrer also really impressed me I thought just his ability to understand the game and uh, I think those are two kids that uh, if they're if it's any indication on the early returns of what they've given you those are two kids that I think you can rely on for the rest of the 56-game schedule. Yeah, and I think Trey and Rank, you know, hitting hasn't been there yet for him, but um, that kid has showed you how reliable he is in the field. And, you know, he does he just does everything solid. And like I said earlier, I think that might have been the best game I've ever seen from a second baseman in college. I think he had nine assists in total. Um, so, so good. He had a couple plays that were just really, really nice. He had a diving stop and robbed. Gill of one, he made a jump throw one time. I think he had another sort of diving stop as well. Um, and overall, I thought that was the best game FSU's played defensively on the infield in a, in a long time. Um, you know, Carrion and Brett only had one opportunity each, but Brett made a nice play on, on a slow roller at third, and Carrion handled a hard grounder well. Um, Alex had a few scoops. Um, you know, Alex did miss a pop-up in foul territory that ended up you know, uh, allowing Jack's JU to, to do some things in the inning where they took the lead. Um, but it was, you know, shadows in that area. And 
that ball was up in the air forever. And I think Colton lost it in, in, in the in the lights, so Alex had to go try to get it and couldn't reel it in. But man, other than that, oh man, it was just really good to see the infield defense they played. It, it just really gave me, um, you know, it showed us exactly what I thought we were getting with this infield—a whole big improvement this year. But yeah, they did some really pretty things on Tuesday. They really did, and it was cool to see uh, Alex Terrell just seeing someone who's played first base just naturally pick a baseball, and, and it just seemed, it seemed natural, right? Like it was you're not hybriding somebody who's an athlete that can now play first base as well, but he started his career in the outfielder at third. You have a natural first baseman, uh, and it was he made some really incredible digs as well. Yeah, and I mean he's just really well. He's really good around the bag. Obviously, you, you lose a little bit of range with Alex um, going for ground balls and stuff, but. You know, we've already seen a lot this year. His footwork around the base, it, it saves runs, and also his glove, the way he can pick balls. Um, just a natural at it with the left, left-handed. Um, also just wanted to hit on Jordan real quick, making his season debut. I thought you saw from him exactly what he's going to do. And uh, that's a simple approach to the plate and a whole lot of energy. Um, you know, he sees, first pitch he sees is a fastball. He lines it into – he lines it to the opposite field for a single. You know, got FSU going a little bit in the third. And as soon as he hit that ball, he points to the dugout, lets out a scream, and really pumped up, gave that energy to the dugout. And, you know, I think he'll be FSU's energizer bunny, and he's also going to be a damn good shortstop. And he's going to do he's gonna do the little things at the plate, I think, just, you know, put the ball in play when he needs to put the ball in play, use the whole field. Um, overall, I just really like watching Jordan play. Yeah, uh, carry on defensively, super smooth. And like you said, Brad, he's not going to strike out a lot. He puts the bat on the ball, and it's, you know, gap to gap, and he'll slap it wherever he needs to to get on base. So uh, good to see uh, Reese Albert also reaching base uh, with the base hit and then having, having a sack fly too. Um, it's good to see him continue to play at a, at a pretty high level at that leadoff spot. Uh, and then a uh, shout-out to Colton Vincent, who I'm sure is – Really happy that he got his first base hit of the year. I think that must have felt good for him. I know uh, he made some good contact in opening weekend, and it just didn't work out for him. So uh, nice little moment there. Uh, and then I'm sure uh, Jackson and Dylan Simmons, uh, Jackson Ballmeister, Dylan Simmons, were excited to be back in their hometowns and getting to pitch in front of a lot of family and friends who had some loud cheers uh, when they entered the games. And um, I thought, you know, I thought Jackson was a little amped to, to be there. He didn't have the, the command that I think – he's capable of having, but I thought Dylan Simmons looked really, really good. Yeah, Dylan was really good. I think Meat said today he was up to 95 when they got back um, the info from whatever. I don't know. I don't think they have Trackman there. I think it's Yacker or whatever that system is. Um, but he was up to 95. Army was uh, over 92. Um, I thought Wyatt Crowell was really good besides one slider hung back, uh, you know, back door. Um, you know, Dylan showed what he can do when he gets the slider um, on people's when he gets it down when he's snapping it off he can really get it to left-handers back foot and he can really sink the fastball under right-handers hands um, and he's going to be a guy that throws a good bit this year and army is as well um, and man I just I don't ever want to go back to JU um, and umpire was rough it was rough in the last inning um, last couple innings I thought whole game the umpires were a little rough that the last couple innings for sure. I mean, there was one pitch to Alex where I felt like it would have hit a right-handed batter and it was called a strike. There was a pitch to carry on in the ninth that I thought was would have hit a left-handed batter and was called a strike. Um, there were sliders up in the zone that were. I was. It was just. It was. It was a little rough. Call to it watch. what it is. It, it was awful. <clears throat> and just man, yeah. It was bad. If yeah, and this, the little suited section of like twenty frat kids by FSU's dugout was. Yeah, I was down by the dugout the first few innings and. 
they weren't even good. It wasn't even good roasts. It was just weren't annoying. They weren't they adorable? Just annoying to be down there. They brought their Greek signs. Gr- and brought their Greek <laughs> letters to the baseball game. And I mean, their folding tables. <laughs> I mean, All right, we're not going to get into that. But your, it was, I, I had a good laugh. Bring your Greek letters and I had a good dog pile on the field in February. I had a good Do whatever laugh. you want. Anyway. Three to two, Jacksonville wins. Moving on, uh, the Knowles pitched well, played great defense, and uh, I think you're going to expect this lineup to have some more consistent nights at the plate, and they're going to have that chance uh, this weekend, Brett, against uh, a pretty good Samford team. That uh, if you guys uh, remember, uh, those of you who follow college baseball and not just Florida State, um, and again, it's okay if you only love Florida State baseball, but uh, Samford made the Starkville Regional. That's a, a good program that uh, is in the SoCon, the Southern Conference, and they they usually have really good lineups. Uh, in that conference, and usually the pitching is just not as deep outside of a couple guys and maybe like one reliever uh, to be able to to match up for an entire weekend. But they are certainly good enough, Brett, I think, to come into Tallahassee and win a game. Uh, they could surprise you and win the series if, you know, you play poorly and the way that Florida did against Liberty. Um, it could happen. So the Knowles will have to be focused. They'll have to bounce back. Uh, and when we look at this Samford team, Brett, uh, what stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think – we know they're going to hit. They're going to come in here and, and compete against FSU's pitching. Um, you know, LSU transfer Maurice Hampton Jr. is already hitting 538 this year, 7 for 13. Um, has a home run, has a triple, and has stolen three bags. Um, Towns King, quite the name there, um, has homered in every single game they've played so far, has four homers. As a team, they're, I think they're fourth in the country with nine homers as a team so far. Um, and then they also have Garrett Howe hitting 471 with a homer and seven RBIs. Um, after that, they've got a bunch of guys that have struggled to start the year so far. But I think, you know, Sanford has shown year after year that they're, that they're a program that's going to hit. Um, obviously, they have, you know, a new head coach this year. Um, but don't think that much is going to change there, to be honest. Um, you know, they've already stolen nine bags as well. So they've got some athletes on the base pass and, um, you know, on the mound. They, have, they haven't. Walked too many guys, only walked 12 guys through four games and allowed a 237 batting average, 3 ERA. Um, so, you know, FSC's going to have to play good this weekend to, to get some wins. Yeah, so Casey Dunn, former head coach, goes to UAB, and Tony David, who was one of his top assistants, now becomes the, uh, the head coach there. Um, <clears throat> so Samford uh, has another kid from LSU. Uh, sorry, uh, that they had a couple kids go to LSU and to Auburn, uh, and they brought a kid in. Case Garner that left Mississippi State um, to come in, and uh, I believe he's a catcher. So uh, there's going to be some talent. And this is a program, too, by the way, Brett, that didn't have as many, you know, preseason shutdowns due to bad weather. Like, like you said, these Southeast teams can catch you because they're playing year-round, and usually there's a couple of kids that fall through the cracks, right? They don't make it to Auburn or Alabama or LSU or Ole Miss uh, in that area or Florida State or Florida. Uh, they end up at these programs, like a Mercer, who's also in the SoCon, and FSU will face later this year. Uh, and then they come here, and they have something to prove. And there are some uh, pretty under-the-radar draft prospects that are that are going to surprise. So uh, I think FSU found that out the hard way in 2018 when they lost the, to Samford in, in the Tallahassee Regional. So um, like I said earlier, you're going to have to bring your A game. This is going to be a step up, in my opinion, at this point in the year from what you saw against James Madison. Yeah, and I think the way they created the schedule actually works out pretty well because I feel like, like you said, there's a step up from last weekend, and I think there's also a step up to Cal um, you know, next weekend. Um, and I just like the way they set up the schedule. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's kids everywhere. I mean, baseball's a big sport, and you're not going to find every recruit, especially in the southeast. There's kids all over the place. 
Um, you know, last year I thought Troy showed that when they came late, came in late in the season. I mean, their Friday starter was a freshman that was really good, a guy that I think will be a, a draft guy next year. And I mean, a local kid, I think. Yeah, he was a South Georgia kid, I'm pretty sure. Cairo, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's kids from in the Cape Cod League. You see kids from schools like this, um, especially schools like Sanford and Mercer. And, you know, we'll play Mercer in the midweek next week. So, you know, I think those are two teams that are really going to challenge you, really going to challenge this pitching staff early in the year. Um, you know, we think the world of this pitching staff, and I think this will be a good test for them to show that. Um, you know, I think they will need to use their depth this weekend. I don't think there's going to be – you know, I don't really think there's going to be two blowout games this weekend like there were last week, and I think FSU's going to have to grind this weekend out. Um, you know, on the mound, um, James, uh, not James Madison, Sanford's going to go right-handed pitcher Jacob Cravey on Friday, left-handed pitcher Blake Bortak on Saturday, and right-handed pitcher Jalen Long on Sunday. Long actually had the best start of the, to the season out of those guys. Um, didn't give up a run in five innings last week, struck out eight, and only gave up three hits. Um, so they do have some arms as well coming in this weekend. Yeah, so Cravey, uh, six foot six, uh, midweek starter a season ago for them, and uh, has a fastball that can get up to about 94, 95. Um, and so he had a really nice summer um, in his summer league. And he's a big kid, right? It's going to be an awkward angle coming down from six six, uh, and uh, Florida State's going to get a unique look at him. And then uh, I think, did you say the other two were – uh, Jalen Long was the Sunday guy, correct? Yeah, and lefty Blake Bortak is Bortak, Saturday. yeah. So Bortak, 5'11", uh, known as more of an athlete, 158 pounds. He's a slight, slight build kid, uh, and he's played some outfield a lot in, in the same mold that like a, a Wyatt Crowell. Um, but 89 to 92 with the fastball, and he'll come in, and, and I think he's going to give a different look to Florida State. So then you got the Sunday guy, Jalen Long, and uh, one of the older guys on their team and, and the most experienced option in that rotation and 87 to 91 and uh, the, the change-ups, his calling card. So that's what we got on the scouting report and uh, Florida State's going to have to be ready. It's, it's going to be a weekend in which we will look to see if the strikeouts continue at a high level like they did against JU or will it revert to more what we saw against James Madison where Florida State was making good contact with the ball and um, I think we're going to find out a lot about this team because the schedule, like you said, Brett, it's building up. Uh, and then you're going to get to play uh, Mercer and a good Cal team uh, not too long from now. So uh, I'm excited. Six o'clock, two o'clock, one o'clock. Uh, Brett, you'll be here for all three? I'll be here for all three. All right. So um, there's the preview of Samford. I think we've touched on everything we can uh, with Samford. Um, do you want to talk some bigger picture stuff in the league and uh, around the country? Yeah, I'm just going to touch on one more note about this upcoming weekend. Um, you might see Wyatt Crowell hitting again. Um, he was taking some hacks today during BP when we got here. Um, and Meet mentioned that, uh, you know, last week I think I think it was on Monday on the pod or maybe it was on – I went on the triple option um, with Adam Brown and Kevin Little and those guys and mentioned that, you know, one of the holes in this team might be that FC needs a lefty bat off the bench. Um, well, Wyatt is going to be hitting again now to be that lefty bat on the bench. He's not going to play any of the field. He's not going to take any of his time away from pitching. To practice in the field, you're just going to take BP every day and get some live looks. Um, I did like what I saw from Wyatt as a hitter last year. You know, didn't have great numbers, but like his stroke, and if he's just hitting against right-handed hitters, right-handed pitchers, I think he can do something. Um, and Wyatt's another guy that's that's really athletic and, and, and will add some athleticism to the base path, I think. 
Yeah, Wyatt, Wyatt can hit. I mean, that was I was watching him today in BP, and he sent two over the screen, and uh, we saw what he did in games last year, right? That's a kid who I think keeps his uh, heart rate down, and is a, he's just able to, to show up and, and kind of do his job. So I'm excited about it. Nice to see Tyler Martin earlier today was getting some looks uh, in the cage as well. Uh, had had some BP uh, as well, and then we saw him throwing it around a little bit. So not saying there's anything definitive on if you'll get Tyler Martin back anytime soon, but he is trying to work his way back, and, and it's good to see. I want that for the kid to be able to play again at some point this year. Yeah, just still no timetable, though. We still haven't – it's just – it's still an if thing, not a when thing. Absolutely. So, all right, 6 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Uh, let's look around the country. It was something I wanted to recap after – the first weekend, and uh, wow, Texas looked really good, didn't they, against Rice, sweeping those guys. I thought Tennessee looked really good against Georgia Southern, uh, which, by the way, Georgia Southern then beats Georgia Tech in the midweek this week, so that lets you know uh, the quality that Georgia Southern is and, and how good Tennessee looked this past weekend. Um, some of the bigger games of the weekend, Long Beach State winning a series in Stark Vegas at Duty Noble against Mississippi State. Uh, that was big. Illinois State beat Arkansas once, Brett, and almost won the series. Like, all three games were competitive. Uh, and then Okie State going to Nashville and beating Vandy, loud statement. But then, just to kind of point out the midweek games, Sam Houston State beat Oklahoma State this week. So you got teams feeling really good about themselves coming off of big weekends, and immediately you're humbled as to what baseball is. And it's a grind, right? So it's a whole me, grind. You're telling me the SEC isn't unbeatable. Yeah, I mean, they're never unbeatable, but don't let the, the experts tell you that. Um, so, yeah, anything else stand out to you in the national picture? We can talk some ACC, too, as well. Um, I mean, like you said, I just thought it was really a good first weekend of baseball for college baseball in general. I mean, there were some really intriguing things to watch. Um, watching Kate Hungate close out two games against the Gators was, you know, enjoyed that a little bit. You hate to see that for the Gators. Um you know, Notre Dame lost a game to Delaware, moves up to number two in Baseball America's rankings. Um, you know, maybe we can go get a loss to Delaware and move up a couple spots instead of sweeping and moving down a spot. I mean, would you like us to do that, Baseball America? Um, so we beat J we lose to JU, which means we're the number one oh, team in the country. Yeah, we might move up like t five spots. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Louisville had a really rough weekend. Uh, I think they had a couple losses to USF and to uh, – there was one other program that knocked them off. Not, I believe was it Seton Hall? Connecticut? UConn got them. Yeah. It was like the old Big East days for them. Um, they came down to, to Florida to play a, a couple games, and uh, it did not go well for the Cardinals. Uh, Brett, I don't know as much about them as, uh, as you might. Uh, are they supposed to struggle this year? Yeah, I don't, like, I don't like Louisville's roster, to be honest. I mean, Louisville wasn't – I mean, they didn't make the tournament last year. Um, you know, I know some people thought they'd bounce back this year, but – I mean, what did they add to the roster that they didn't have last year? They didn't really have any pitching last year, and they kind of brought back all the same guys. And they do have some arms. There's a lot of talent. Obviously, they're going to have talent. They're Louisville. Um, but, you know, it's just – I just think I don't love their roster right now. Um, you know, I thought there were some teams in the ACC that really did have good first weekends, though. I thought I thought NC State had a great weekend. I mean, I know a lot of people at Tommy White, um, the freshman from – you know, the 813 area, Calvary Christian, and ended up going to IMG, had four home runs in the weekend. Um, no, was it five home? Yeah, five home runs in the weekend? Yeah, well, well good for him. Um, 
Uh, Miami, I also thought, had a good weekend, and they're 5-0 and now. They played four games against Towson. Um, you know, I think Miami might be a little better than some people think, and they're a team that will be in the mix um, for the ACC. They just have a lot of young guys, and if some of those guys those guys paint out for them, they'll be. I think they'll have a strong season. Um, other teams that started 4-0, and Clemson's 4-0, Wake Forest's 4-0, UNC's 4-0, and UVA's 4-0. Clemson impressed me with the sweep of Indiana. I thought I, I thought that was pretty impressive. I think it might be a bit of a fluke. Um, I was looking at Clemson's because I was interested to see how they swept them. Mm-hmm. Went and looked at Clemson's numbers. They scored a lot of runs, but, you know, you go and look, they didn't have a great average. They didn't hit a bunch of homers. Um, Indiana walked 36 batters in 25 innings. Rough. You're gonna score a lot, and you're gonna score a lot of runs. I mean, obviously, you have to take pitches to get those walks, uh, but 36 walks in 25 innings, you're kind of handing a team a series, in my opinion. Um, I still don't think Clemson's one of the teams in the top half of the ACC this year. Um, just don't think they have a ton of, of, of. I don't think they have a ton outside of Caden Grice and, and, and Mac Anglin. I really like their Friday starter, Mac Anglin, and I really like Caden Grice, but I, I don't know how much more they have outside of that. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find out a lot more. Again, these seasons evolve, right? Like, who knows where Florida State will be, where the ACC will be, where the national picture will be in a month, in six weeks. So, Can we talk about Boston College? Um, I'm sorry, Tyler Holt, how your first weekend went there. Um, you know, T. Holt's one of their paid assistants now. Um, BC was up 11-1 in one of their games, ended up losing 18-17. They also blew an 8-1 lead in another game. Um, oh, my gosh. And this was all to Austin PA. Um, yeah, wow. Their pitching is it's, it's rough. It was rough last year. It might be even more rough this year. Thanks, Arya. Sorry, I turned on my phone. And uh, an explosion of some sort. What in the world I'm was that? I'm glad you were focusing yeah, on, on my... That is... Uh, yikes. Anyhow, uh, Sunday Golds. Uh, I think, Brett, we've touched on everything that that i think we want to uh with this episode if you want to uh ask us a question please email us uh and you can find us both on twitter and uh we'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts and we appreciate you guys listening as always we're on apple we're on spotify and everywhere else that you get your podcasts and uh we look to hopefully have another pod early next week maybe uh maybe sunday afternoon or monday monday morning we'll we'll get together and, and record and Uh, be able to throw something together for you. So until next time, he's Brett Amaria. We'll talk to you soon.